الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تلك حدود الله فلا تقربوها وقال تعالى في مقام اخر تلك حدود الله فلا تعتدوها صدق الله العظيم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders allah taala is our creator our sustainer our nourisher he created us out of nothing and allah taala is the all knowing allah taala's wisdom is unlimited and allah tbaraka wa taala in this infinite wisdom has provided for us a code of life which can only be perfect can only be complete can only be the best and that best way of life allah taala granted us via rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is the deen of islam اليوم اكملت لكم دينكم واتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الاسلام دينا الله تعالى himself declares when on the occasion of hajjatul wada finally this ayat came when all the ahkam were already completed on this day i have perfected for you your deen اكملت لكم دينكم and i have completed my favor upon you and i'm pleased with islam as being your way of life So now that we have been granted this perfect way of life we have been granted this favor of Allah tbaraka wa taala and that too without any achievement on our side without any effort on our side this is purely the favor of Allah taala it is nobody's intelligence nobody's wealth position social standing or anything for that matter purely Allah taala's gift and favor What is now required is that we have this great bounty and gift to entirely submit to Allah Taala, and not to have any reservations about what Allah Taala has presented to us. Now, in this deen that we have, the Shariat, there are certain things which are the boundaries that Allah Taala has placed. And Allah Taala gives us the directive. these are the boundaries of allah taala in one ayat fala ta'taduha don't cross these boundaries so one is the hudud and the boundaries of shariat that we have been commanded that look this is the boundary to cross over this you cross over this then you are going to be crossing the line you're going to put yourself into trouble you are going to incur the wrath of allah taala your dunya also will be prob- problematic and you are putting your akhirat in jeopardy also so this is the hudud of allah taala don't cross this line that is a final line but in another ayat allah taala speaks about those same hudud and those same boundaries that tilka hududullah fala taqrabuha these are the boundaries of allah taala don't come near it also now if supposing there's a certain boundary that this 
is the red line. To walk across this red line is illegal. So that's the line. Line is right there. To walk across the line on the other side is illegal. To walk one foot on this side is legal. Nobody can argue that, that to walk on this side of the line, right alongside it, is legal. But if a person walks on the boundary, then he is very, very easily going to sometimes slip. He might just maybe look in some direction and next thing he's placed his foot the opposite side, across the line. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu gives an example of this, that stay away from doubtful things. And the example that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives, That like a person who is a shepherd, he is taking his animals, but he is going just on the borders of the royal pasture. Every king has a royal pasture. Now he is going just on the boundaries of the royal pasture. And to take his animals into the royal pasture, this is asking for trouble. This is going to be a major problem. This is something that he is going to now end up getting himself in serious problem. But he is still choosing to just walk on the boundary. But when he is walking with that animal on the boundary, how long is he going to control it? Before he knows it, some animals have already crossed the path and they have gone into the royal pasture and they have already started grazing. And now it's already too late. So Allah's Nabi Islam is giving us this example that Allah Ta'ala also has royal pastures. The royal pastures are the things that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. They don't graze here, this is forbidden for you. But don't graze close to it either. Because the animal of this nafs, very hard to control it when it's just on the boundary. Anytime it might just cross the, the boundary. And it might go into illegal territory. So there's two things here. One is the hudud and the boundaries of shariat. And the other is, what is the mizaj of shariat? What kind of mindset we are required to have? And how we are supposed to conduct ourselves in terms of being totally safe? One is the hudud in terms of salah. That there are these things, you do any of these things, it will break your salah completely. And you fulfill these faraiz, then the fundamentals of salah have been completed. But that is not sufficient for a person who wants to perform a good salah and perfect salah. He has to perform the salah with all the sunnats, all the adab, the mustahabbat. If a person says, no, this is the fundamentals, and that is it, that's sufficient. So then the fundamentals of dressing, for example... That a person from his navel to his knee is covered, the fundamentals of dressing are done. That's the hudud. But nobody in that regard restricts himself to fulfilling the hudud. That I am well within the boundaries now. In fact, I am a few centimeters above the navel and a few centimeters below the knee also. So I am well within the limits. Nobody dares do this. He is in fact far away from that. He takes extra care to be very dignified. Present himself in a very dignified way. So this is the hudud. But nobody in that sense sticks to the hudud. There's something beyond the hudud. There's the mizaj. There is that way of life. There is a temperament. There is that mindset. 
And this is the thing that we have to develop the correct mindset. To mold the heart in the correct mold. When there's a mold, then everything that comes through that mold comes in that same fashion, same, same, same shape. Sometimes, you get these baking molds or whatever, so all those biscuits now will come out the same shape. So how all this came the same shape, must be very painstaking work, you know, they use the mold. Everything comes out the same shape, so why it all came to the mold? So the heart has to be molded in that mold which is the mizaj of Hariyat. Then everything that now comes and confronts this heart, it will react and it will give off that same reaction, that same response, which is molded already in the heart. Just to understand this a little bit in the light of examples, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala an, he is performing salah in his garden. Nafi salah. Performing salah in his garden. And now while performing salah, suddenly one bird came. And it got somehow stuck in the thick leaves and branches. Couldn't fly out easily. So he started fluttering around. And for a short while, his attention got caught up in that. Now this is a very high example. But we have to be looking at these things to start moving somewhere forward. Uh, he, for a moment, got caught on this. And then suddenly he realized that, Subhanallah, I was performing salah, and where my heart got stuck in this. So he completed his salah and then gave that whole garden away in sadaqah. That this became a means of me getting diverted from Allah Ta'ala. My attention got caught up in something else. From Allah Ta'ala, it got distracted into this garden. Now, any mufti in the world, ask him whether it is now haram to consume from this garden, or did the salah break also? The salah did break. The garden is perfectly halal for himself. But there was a certain mold. Now, when this situation passed the heart which was molded in this manner, then that heart couldn't tolerate it. It's no more possible for me to keep this. Not that it was impermissible, but that mold couldn't tolerate it anymore. That mold was of a super nature. We are far, far away from imagining it also. But these are the examples that we have to keep in front of us to know where we're heading, which direction we're going in. At least it gives us some direction. That what is our mindset, what is our heart one is the amal alhamdulillah person is doing some amal he is staying away from, if not every sin, he is staying away from some sin that too is ghanimat, alhamdulillah that too we make shukar on, though that's not something to be content on a person is performing his farz he is still, maybe just making his sunnat and he's not doing anything more that too is a very great thing subhanallah, the person is making his five times salah with jama'ah in this time and age, we have to make a lot of shukar for it. But one is that what is the heart? In terms of salah, for example. Like the heart is molded with the mold of salah, the importance of salah. What is the position of salah in the life of a Muslim? What is the link that salah creates between this banda and his rabb? What is this salah all about in terms of drawing down the help of Allah Ta'ala? 
then that, if this heart is molded in the fashion, if this heart has that mold, then he cannot content himself just with just performing a haphazard salah and saying, I did my job. It's no more job and no more duty now. Now when that heart has been molded in the mold of salah, it's far beyond duty. Duty doesn't appear anywhere there. Now it is an act of love for Allah Ta'ala. Now it is something that becomes a link between him and his Rabb. It is that call that he can make at any time. So now this is that mold of the heart. And when this heart was molded like that, or that little fluttering of that bird and caught his attention, it was no good now to keep this. So this is not for us to try and emulate this kind of level. We are far away from that. But the direction it gives us, there's some direction here. One is for example the act of generosity. Alhamdulillah, a person whatever amount he may spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala, orphans, widows, needy, destitute, spending in the cause of deen. So whatever a person is spending, Alhamdulillah, he's going to be rewarded tremendously for it. So that is an act of generosity. But the other is the heart molded in the mold of generosity. The Sahabi is lying in the battlefield, thirsty, extremely thirsty, and here the water is being presented to him. And at that time he hears the groan of somebody else next to him. It is now impossible for him to keep this for himself and not to allow his brother to have it. He can't do it. So he beckons and take it to him. That person is about to take it and he hears the third person groaning. It's impossible for him now to have it for himself. Take it to the third person. By the time the third person they give the water to him, he's already passed on. Comes to the second person, he's passed on. Comes to the first person, he has passed on. They could give their life, but the heart which was molded in generosity could not accept that I have it, but my brother needs it. The heart was molded. So the act of generosity is also very great. Alhamdulillah, that too will bring tremendous reward. But when the heart is molded in that mold, then when there is a real situation, that, that speaks. Nabi Wasallam asks, who, who will take this guest home? Because after asking in all his homes, there's nothing to feed the guest in any of the houses of Nabi Wasallam. Who will take this guest home? One Ansari says, I will take him. He comes home, there's nothing. Only little bit to feed the children, put the children off to sleep. And make a plan and even put the lights off. And we'll pretend to eat, so that the guest can eat his full. So that mold that was inside was now working. How can we do whatever is possible to fulfill the guest's needs though we go hungry for the night? And on this Allah Ta'ala's praises come down that they give preference to others even though their own lot is that of poverty. But the issue is the mold. The issue is this mizaj, this mindset. Wasalam made effort on amal as well but more than that they molded the mind more than that they molded the heart now everything that went through this mind and heart it came out in a certain mold for example just to understand this that one is a person something happened so he says well it's not a good thing that happened I got caught up in this wrong act whatever the case is I spoke something wrong I looked at something wrong or I did something whatever else 
So Friday night or Friday after Juman, I need to make Toba. When fifteenth of Shaban is not far away, fifteenth of Shaban will come. Then I need to make Toba, and somebody might even wait for twenty-seventh of Ramadan, not even first of Ramadan, twenty-seventh of Ramadan. As if Malakul Maut has already come and given us some guarantee that I will only come to you after that time. But now in any case, that too a person is thinking of Toba, that too we go to say Ghanimat. That there is still the thought of Toba. Many a times a person doesn't even want to consider Toba. But the heart that has that mold, forget when a person has deliberately done something wrong premeditated and planned to do something wrong. He is walking and there was an accidental glance. Completely accidental. He didn't maintain that glance for one second. The moment he, that accidental glance fell, he immediately turned his gaze away. So there's no sin because it was totally accidental. He never expected that he's going to end up looking at somebody haram for him. And in that same moment, he moved his gaze away. So this is clear cut that there's no sin upon him. But despite the fact that there's no sin, if that heart is molded in that mold of istighfar and toba, meaning the sifat that are required, part of which is istighfar and toba, then his heart will tear off in istighfar immediately. I can't tolerate even that effect of that involuntary act, that mistake and that forgiven act, but it also gives some effect of itself. So the heart will get triggered into Toba and Istighfar immediately. Whereas there's no sin involved. He'll be making Istighfar from within. That I need to scrub this, I need to wash that effect off. I can't leave it there at all. When will this happen? When there's that mold made already inside. So now as soon as this act happened, total mistake, totally involuntary, but he's still clearing his heart up. Some thought passed his mind. It's all going through that mold. But that thought was a thought of some suspicion against somebody, some ill thought. Now if that mold is not there, now he knows that this is something that's wrong, have suspicion against anybody, this is something that's not correct. That mold is not there, then after one day maybe he'll realize or he'll come to his senses again that okay, those conclusions I jumped to and I even made some kind of comments on top of that based on mere suspicion. All this was totally wrong. All this now will happen maybe later at a time, maybe six months later also sometimes. Whereas if that mold is there, then as soon as this thought passes through his heart, that mold now will take out something that's design. And that same shape, what shape and what design? Astaghfirullah. He'll start asking himself, can you prove this on the day of Qiyamah? You are beginning to now harbor this thought about somebody. You are going to be questioned on the day of Qiyamah. Where's your evidence? You've got the proof for it. Can you present any evidence on the day of Qiyamah? So, if you cannot prove anything, you have no evidence, what right you have to harbor this suspicion? Make istighfar quickly. Now he's reprimanding himself from Mudan. This is that mold. is taking out that in that same design and shape. That this is something I can't tolerate in my heart. Shaitan whispered it, but now he'll come out in a different fashion. He'll come out in this design of istighfar. 
It'll come out in the design of cleaning the heart off. So like this, all the other things, that this mindset is something that we have to develop, this mizaj is something we have to make, and this is something that comes, one is the fikr for it, the concern that I have to make my heart. Many a time, our concern is restricted to the a'mal. It is also a good thing that we have the concern for a'mal. That I have to perform my salah, I have to give my zakat, I have to perform my hajj, maybe I have to perform tahajjud also, I have to make tilawat, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. But we cannot restrict it to that. We have to now build a figure for our heart. That what is the mold within my heart? The amal of deen, but is the mold of dunya inside. The amal is of deen, but is the mold of a fantasy world inside. Many a person says, I, have, I just live in this fantasy world. All kinds of evil fantasies and whatever else. So is this mold inside the mold of a fantasy world? That is not, this heart has to be presented to Allah at the end of the day. Person is very concerned about keeping everything shining, his car must shine, and his kitchen must shine, and the bedroom must shine, to the extent that even the bathroom and toilet must shine. The toilet must shine also, but the heart, the heart has become a toilet. But The toilet must shine, but the filth of the whole place is all inside the heart. So how far away we are from the reality? Whereas the heart is what is going to be presented to Allah Ta'ala. Inna Allah Ta'ala la yanzuru ila ajsamikum wala ila suwarikum wala ki yanzuru ila qulubikum wa a'amalikum. Allah Ta'ala is not going to look at how big somebody was and how short he was or how tall he was and how handsome he was or how uh, whatever his complexion was and whatever his physical strength was. These things are not going to count there. What is going to count there is what was the heart? What was inside the heart? What mold it had? Was the mold of deen? Was the mold of sifat? The qualities that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught? The mold of honesty? The mold of justice? The mold of keeping to one's word? Just last night, one brother from this, just this keeping to one's word, something coming to mind. One brother who's here from Palestine, so while talking to him, so he was mentioning various things. And he was saying that whatever we have, what are our lessons, what is our wealth, now the ghair are taking that and they are dealing with people with our wealth. Not the wealth in the hand that's counted in ones and twos. The wealth of qualities, values. They have taken those values and they are dealing with people with those values. Values of honesty, of justice, of being kind. They're doing it for dunya. They don't have any even aspiration of the akhirat. They're doing it so that they will benefit more in the dunya. And they're benefiting in the dunya with it. And unfortunately, we have abandoned our own values. And then he gave an example. He says his brother is in partnership with one Yahudi. And because of some similarity in the name, his brother's name and whoever was on a watch list somewhere, because of some similarity in the name, his brother was arrested at some checkpoint. So as soon as he got arrested, he contacted this brother here, Mehman was talking, 
He contacted his own brother and he said to him that there is this amount, over 100,000 of the currency. This is actually belonging to my partner, the Yahudi. So make sure first you give it to him. He got worried now, I don't know what's going to be my end result now, how long, what they're going to do to me. So he was first concerned about this. So in any case, this person contacted that Yahudi partner and told him this is the problem, this is what's happened. So he told him, look, that money is the last concern. My now immediate concern is that your brother must get released. And he's telling him, you tell his wife, tell your mother. The person got arrested, his wife and his mother. You tell them that not to worry, by tomorrow he'll be released. He went and gave some guarantees and whatever else. And he got him released by the next day. When he got him released, he brought him, he brought him and came. So the first thing now this person got released to, he's worried about giving him his amanat. He told him, look, you rest now. Don't worry about the work also. This was a traumatic experience overnight in prison. Whatever it is, one night two is too much. You take a rest for two, three days, then we'll talk about the money. And after that then, they sorted out whatever it was. Now first he's giving this example. This is, and he says this is like a common situation. Where for the sake of dunya, it's obvious for the sake of dunya, and maybe some out of humanity, Allah knows best, that they have adopted these values. On the other side, he gave another example of a Muslim, how he dealt with others. But then the example that I want to quote is, he said one Yahudi, he was supposed to have paid another Yahudi on a certain date. Time came and went. And this chap still didn't pay. So that person wrote to him, both Yahudis. He sent an email to him. Very, very heartbreaking. But this is unfortunately the tragic reality. The message he sent to him was, since when you became a Muslim, that you didn't pay on time. So this fellow replied also. He said, no, I'm not a Muslim yet. There's your money. And he sent the money. Now, what a heartbreaking thing it is. But at the same time, can we say that this is not the situation? Mufti Farooq Mirti Saab, Daun Barakatuhum, a few weeks ago was in Durban, in Spingo Beach, he gave a talk three, four weeks ago. And he was mentioning various things. In the process, he mentioned one incident of one of his friends in South Africa, in Johannesburg. So, quite a few details he mentioned, but the crux of it is that this Muslim was a neighbor of one Christian. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala had given him some tawfiq, that he was a good neighbor. This Muslim was a good neighbor to his Christian neighbor. He fulfilled his rights. After all, it's a neighbor. A neighbor has rights. He fulfilled his rights to whatever extent. After some years passed, and he was always doing whatever he needed to do in order to keep his neighbor comfortable also. That neighbor had to sell, wanted to sell his house. So he came to his Muslim neighbor. And he told him, I want to sell my house. I want you to buy it. Because I know you don't, you don't own this house you are staying in. I want you to buy it. So he said, but I don't have the money to buy it. 
I'm very grateful for your offer, but I simply don't have the money to buy it. So he said, okay, you tell me what are the terms you want. So he told him, okay, maybe if you give me five years or something, I can pay it over five years because this is my income and I can only afford to pay off so much. So he finally closed the deal at a certain price, which was like a very reasonable price. And over five years, now the news spread around that this house has already been sold, meaning verbally the deal has been closed and for this price. Whatever the terms were is another story. So several people started approaching and the sad part of it was the Muslims of the area started approaching this Christian person that you sold it for whatever, for example, one million, there's one and a half million for you, cash. You're going to get that one million over five years. There's one and a half million cash. So now this Christian neighbor is relating to his Muslim neighbor who he sold the house to. He's saying, I told them I'm not a Muslim that I'll go against my word. Now, What a painful thing it is that for a Christian to make this kind of statement, for a Yahudi to make this kind of statement, and a Muslim goes on with life like nothing happened, that his word doesn't mean anything. What he says is just one of those things he can say something now and one minute later he can turn around, he can just ignore what he said. Whereas this is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us about the importance of the word. A person has given his word. Huzaifa bin Yaman radiallahu ta'ala he and his father are on the way to join Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Badr. What a situation. 313 sahaba. They're going to face an army of 1,000 strong. These 313 sahaba don't even have any equipment. Barely a couple of swords between them. And hardly anything, nothing in fact. And here this is a fully equipped army. So every person will count now. And here the Huzaifa bin Yaman and his father, Yaman, they are coming and somehow they get captured by the Quraysh. From whichever side they were coming, they get captured. So, just to get to the crux of it, these people said to them that, Yola are going to join the Muslim army and fight against us. They said, no, no, we're not going to fight against us. We're going to Madinah Sharif. They said, you sure? You're not going to fight against us? Definitely. So if you're giving your word, they release them. When they release them, these two sahaba come straight to Rasulullah and join him in Badr. And they give the whole incident. This is what happened. And we gave our word that we will not fight. But now we are here. Whatever you command us. Now what is the position? It's a position of war. Every person is now vitally important. Every person will be required. And in this situation now, for and war, th- these people gave the word to who they gave their word. They gave their word to the very people who are thirsting for their blood. They gave their word to those who are out to assassinate Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi To those who are out to come and kill the Muslims. They gave their word to them. Nabi Sallallahu hears this and he says to them, In Sarifa, you go to Madinah Sharif Strait. Nafilahum bi ahdihim wa nasta'inullah alayhim. We will fulfill our word. We gave them our word, we'll keep to it. We'll make dua to Allah Ta'ala against them. But we gave our word, we'll keep to our word. We can't go against it. 
You go back. What a dramatic way this lesson is being taught. That there's no way that we can go against the word. Now this is that mold that was being developed. That if there's an aspect about some pledge, some word, then he'll come through this mold that can't go against it. Impossible. Whether it is going to be to my favor, to my detriment, whatever it is, but I gave my word, I gave my word. So this vital thing is the heart. What we have molded the heart into. Have we created that mold which has these qualities? That mold of taqwa, the mold of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Where everything a person is now very concerned. Just to understand this in one or two examples also. Of those who have molded their hearts, how they take every fine thing. Allah was explaining one day that they were somewhere and somebody had brought one jubba and they presented it as a hadiyat wazat. So it was in the same time or a little later whenever. So somebody suggested why don't you try it out and see if it fits well, whatever. So Hazrat stood up, they helped him to put it on. And it happened to be a little bit below the ankles. Or they were still sizing it. Just seeing how it fits. So, the person, whoever was there, he now began saying that, well, we'll have to probably alter it so much. Next thing he sees, Hazrat's face has gone red. Saying, Jaldi nikalo Take it out immediately. You're still talking about how much you have to alter it and so on. Take it out right now. So they quickly took it off. He says, you're still sitting and talking about how much must be altered and so on. What if my death came in that moment while I was wearing it? And it was below my ankles. Now this is that mold. This is that mizad. Otherwise now you say, well, it's still being sized. You've got to see how much you've got to alter it. But that mold won't allow it. That mizaj, that mindset, that heart. One is to have the knowledge of it. That this is what is required. And plan when I'll do it. And so on and so forth. But the other is that mold. It doesn't allow anything to go past that, close to that boundary also. Once, explaining they were traveling, probably coming to South Africa, they had to stop in Dubai for a while. So they took a room in one, maybe the hotel in the airport or whatever. So the husband could take a rest for a short while. So as they entered the room, so immediately Hazrat told one of the khadims, take a sheet or whatever and cover the television that's there. It's so switched off. Just cover it. So in any case, they covered it. Later on, somebody inquired, but Hazrat, it was switched off. It wasn't switched on or anything. It was switched off, but this instruction that we should cover it, he says, on this, where all so much of haram takes place, I don't want to see its appearance also. Uski surat bhi nahi dekhna cha raha ho. This reminds of what goes on in this. So I don't even want to see the face of it. Now this is a mold. The mold is talking. And this is the mold that we have to endeavor to create. The first thing is at least to have the direction. To have that intention. To make that near that I need to get somewhere. I need to get in this direction. Only the person is on the road but he doesn't know where his direction. So he might be sometimes on the road and sometimes on a detour somewhere and sometimes he's off the path in some dead end he's going heading towards a dead end but if he knows his direction he's got his coordinates in order 
then it will beep immediately. As soon as he's going off the road, that he will beep. That come back onto the road, take a U-turn and follow the, des- the route that you are heading for. You are now gone off the road. But if the person didn't set the GPS at all, then we all silent. Finally, when he's already stuck in the dead end, now he realizes I've gone off the path. So the issue is to now get the direction. The issue is to develop that heart, that mold. So now whatever comes, sometimes even the mistake will come through, but that heart will get triggered in istighfar immediately. That heart will not be able to sit and tolerate that, well, fine, whatever happened, happened. So this is the effort that we have to make. We have to make dua for this also. And a very helpful thing in this regard is to read the lives of those who had molded themselves. From the Sahaba Ikram, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Sahaba Ikram, the awliya of the Ummat, and our Akabir, read about their lives. And in the various situations of life, how they reacted, what they said, how they did, that will give us that indication of what kind of mold was there. What made this kind of reaction come? How did the person respond in this way? In such a situation, what made him be so cool and calm that he apparently seems not have taken any offense? Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullah is walking, one person comes and walks along and he starts abusing him and using vulgar languages. And Imam Sahib is just quietly walking along and eventually they come to a point, this person is carrying on and going on and on. They come to a point, Imam Sahib stops, he says, look, there's my house here, I'm going to go away to my house now and you're going to go this in another direction. So I'm standing now, whatever you're going to say, after you finish, then I'll go into my house, then you can carry on. After you finish, then I'll go. In other words, you must not feel that now you still wanted to say something, I, I ran away. So you are still feeling that you, something is left to say. But now where will the person by that time have any himmat to say anything further? Where his tongue is going to move any further now? But what gives that person that ability at that time to be able to hear all this? It is that mold that Nabi Wasallam had presented. Abu Lahab's wife would compose all kinds of abusive poetry against Rasulullah And on top of that, so to say, to rub salt in the wound, she would even distort the Mubarak name. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Mubarak and beloved name, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, she would distort the name also. And now she would address this poetry to, after distorting the name, Muzammam. Muhammad means the praised one. She should distort it and make it the opposite meaning Allah Ta'ala forbid. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi hears about it, who comes to know this is what she's saying. He says, see how Allah Ta'ala saved me. She is talking about some Muzammam, whoever he is. I'm Muhammad. Allah Ta'ala made me Muhammad. She is addressing somebody else. She is addressing some Muzammam. And so casually he deflects it. At the end of the story, like nothing happened. But she's talking, whereas the reference was obvious. The reference was obvious. But Nabi Islam is teaching us that this is how their heart should be molded. Otherwise, if a person keeps loading all this baggage on his head he says no I got to sort this person out he must never do it to anybody again only today because he did it to me now he mustn't do it to anybody again but for the past 50 times I heard he did it to this person and that person that time it didn't bother me that he mustn't do it to anybody again but now it was my nafs that no no this is not right 
I can take it, but you mustn't do it to anybody again. So that's why I go to sort him out. But at that, when he did it to somebody else, that's the time he should have been thinking that. Not only after it happened to us. Now the time is to now think in the way, one is the hudud. We have the right to react in a like manner. But the other is that mold which Nabi Salaam presented, which is the Quran Sharif, the mold of the Quran Sharif, فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَعَفُوا وَاسْفَحُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ So that mold of forgiveness, the mold of overlooking, of tolerance, so this is the aspect that we have to now. So one is that, alhamdulillah, the amal, we make an effort, that's a very great thing. Allah Ta'ala gave even more tawfiq in that. But together with that, we have to be very concerned about what is the level of this mindset has to be developed. To what extent has this heart been made? How much has it been molded? How much has it been cleaned? Has that mold of dunya been demolished? To what extent? The mold of akhirat, how much has that come in? The mold of sifat, the qualities that Nabi Salaam has taught, how much has this heart been molded in that mold? So this is that that we have to now pay attention to, we have to focus towards. For this, as we said, we have to make that intention, that resolve, that I need to do this. Then dua for it also. Together with dua, to read the life of the Ahlullah, those who have molded themselves. And to be in the company of those who have molded themselves. Then this is something that will rub off the sincere bandhas of Allah wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala has many such bandhas of His all the time. There are many, many bandhas of Allah Ta'ala who in their company we will be able to get this mold. So we need to make this effort, associate with the righteous, with the pious, read about the lives of the Sahaba, the Ahlullah, the Awliyaullah, the Karin, and learn how to bring the same mold within ourselves. Then dunya is dunya, everything is going to keep coming and going. But if that mold is made, then whatever comes from whichever direction, it will come out in the right design. They'll come out in a way that would please Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam. Besides Duruj. Allahumma <laughs> La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha illallah
ഹമ്മദുറ ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما واجعلنا للمتقين اماما واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله يا الله indeed we are most sinful يا الله يا الله we are confessing to all that we have done يا الله إله العالمين we cannot hide anything from you يا الله إله العالمين we can hide from the entire مخلوق يا الله يا الله we can hide in the in the darkest corner يا الله يا الله but where can we hide from you يا الله إله العالمين you are the know of the unseen يا الله يا الله you know what is passing our hearts and minds يا الله إله العالمين يا الله يا الله we are confessing to all that we have done يا الله But ya Allah you are most merciful ya Allah ya Allah you are most forgiving ya Allah ya Allah you love forgiving ya Allah ya Allah your forgiveness is for sinners like us ya Allah ilahul alamin shower down your rahmat and forgiveness ya Allah ya Allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya Allah ya Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our relatives ya Allah ya Allah forgive all our friends ya Allah ilahul alamin forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah forgive the entire ummah ya Allah ya Allah forgive the entire ummah ya Allah ya Allah shower your mercy down on the ummah ya Allah ya Allah shower your mercy down on the ummah ya Allah remove the sufferings of the ummah ya Allah ya Allah indeed this is all as a result of our actions ya Allah ya Allah we have done those kind of actions that brought down your wrath ya Allah ya Allah give us a tawfiq of sincere tawbah ya Allah ya Allah give us a tawfiq of righteous actions ya Allah give us a tawfiq of those actions that will bring down your rahmat ya Allah ya Allah that will become a means of mercy ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah have mercy on the ummah ya Allah ilahul alamin the sins of the ummah ya Allah ya Allah save us all from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah ya Allah protect us from every evil ya Allah ya Allah protect our hearts ya Allah ya Allah you make our hearts ya Allah ya Allah you make our hearts in that mold that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam presented ya Allah ya Allah make our hearts in the mold of the quran and the sunnah ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah you grant us your love ya Allah fill our hearts with your love ya Allah ya Allah fill our hearts with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our hearts with the love of deen ya Allah fill our hearts with the love of the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin grant us all the noble qualities ya Allah ya Allah grant us all the good qualities ya Allah ya Allah remove all the evil from our hearts ya Allah ya Allah clean our hearts out of every evil ya Allah ya Allah we have shined everything around us ya Allah we have made everything sparkle ya Allah we have cleaned everything around ya Allah and we have brought all the dirt and put it in our hearts ya Allah ya Allah what a great injustice 
mistakes we have done, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a tawfiq of Ya Allah, cleaning our hearts out, Ya Allah. Enable us to, Ya Allah, make our hearts shine more than everything else, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you become pleased with our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with glass, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with tawazu, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the fikr of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with generosity, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with kindness and compassion, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with all that you love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the dirt and filth from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the envy, the jealousy, the hatred, Ya Allah, from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove all the other filth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the shamelessness and modesty from our immodesty from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the haram things from our hearts, Ya Allah. All the haram pictures from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of Ya Allah, obeying you and being in your obedience every moment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who have passed away, fill their qadrs with nur, Ya Allah. Make the complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. By the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make our qabrs gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are not capable of giving a reckoning for anything, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, what can we account for, Ya Allah? Ya Allah, everything is so, Ya Allah, weak, Ya Allah. So full of faults, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if you merely just forgive us, Ya Allah, that will be your great favor, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, don't take us to task, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't make us account for anything, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are present, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you fulfill each one's pious desires, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are not present also fulfill all their pious needs, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, whoever is sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ilahul Alamin, those who are in financial difficulties, remove their difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever problems and difficulties anybody is in, Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you grant the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, make deen the most important thing in our lives for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, give us the importance of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make us love the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of making tilawat every day of our lives, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us the taste of salah, Ya Allah. Give us the sweetness of ibadat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us the pleasure of zikr and dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. You make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all the good that Rasulullah asked for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good. Whatever your beloved, beloved Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge, refuge from, Ilahul Alamin, we are also seeking protection, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min hunabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka min hunabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi العلي العظيم